Haunted Travelers Podcast, your weekly dose of theme park news and entertainment. And now, here to talk all things coasters, theme parks, and even more, here are your hosts, Jack Lathrop and Chris Jones. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Twisted Travelers Podcast. My name is Chris, and as usual, Jack is here. Jack, say hello. Hello, everyone. All right. Episode 24, we've got decent sized news. Getting down to the last ones for our Ride of the Week RMC series. A very small trip announcement, and then a guest in the second half of the show. So... Yeah, should be, be fairly fun. normal. Yep. Uh, but let's start off with the saddest news of all, like ever. Um, and that is, if you follow me on Twitter, or I was the one who got to break the news on Friday. Lightning Rod will not be operating for the remainder of 2020. Yes, I know you are very sad. <sighs> Excuse me while I cry for a few minutes. I mean, we are going to try our best not to start rumors. Yeah. So, I mean, as much as I would love to, I mean, I have my own opinions and ideas on what's going to happen. For now, I'm going to keep them to myself because I do not want to get anyone in trouble that these have been leaked through. I don't want to speculate in an overpromised, underdeliver in the end. Um, all I will say is the ride is not getting torn down. So if you think it's getting torn down or someone's told you it's getting torn down, it's that's wrong. I know, I do know that for wrong. a fact. I I'm 99.9% positive based off the sign and the stuff people I have talked to that that is wrong. So that being said, you should follow us at Twisted Traveler, but the R at the end is a one, and at Twisted underscore Travelers on Instagram, and the first one's at, on Twitter. And then you should also follow me at Thrilling Moment on Instagram and Twitter, because I am going to be extensively covering whatever the heck they do to this thing. That was the best plug we've done. Yes. Extensively covering whatever they do. Um, there are emceeing lightning rod. Hey, we all know that. Yeah, maybe we don't know. We don't know that. We don't know that. (laughs) We definitely don't know that. But all I can say is there really, there's really more coming in 2021. We don't know that. Moving on. (laughs) Uh, this one is big and happy and uh, just got announced tonight and we were all drooling over it for a, a hot minute. Yeah, um, Velocicoaster. And it's actually called Velocicoaster. Jack, fire effects. Yes. Fire effects and lights. Lights on the trains. And a waterfall. And maybe even tracer lights from the concept art. And you know the best part of all? Six car long trains. Capacity, baby. Great airtime over the top hat in the back. 
Heck yeah, this thing looks awesome. I mean, we we knew it was going to be awesome, but having a name, having seeing the concept art, I mean, it just makes everything that much better. So, oh, yeah, I'm excited. Always will be excited. Can't wait to ride it. Uh, I keep seeing on Twitter that, you know, there's going to be dinosaur suits involved. I'll be a part for sure. <laughs> hey, you might, whether you might have to be careful or we might have to ship a bunch of them to your house so we don't have to like pack them on our carry ons. Hey, if that's what y'all want to do, I don't care. I should also say now, roller. Uh, Sarah has not texted me back yet. But if, okay, so quick tangent, uh, as we do here. Uh, if you've paid attention on Twitter, you know that uh, Sarah um, from Midway or from Upstop Media, her Twitter handle is Midway Mayhem Fan. So Sarah and I made a bet. <laughs> The first person to reach 1,000 followers on Twitter gets to slap the other person. And You're not going to slap Sarah. You know, as much trash talking as she's been doing recently, I might. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Sarah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we've been making this bet. And, of course, the slap bet has to be done in person, and we got to pick a place to do it. And so I texted her earlier. I was like, okay, I think we got to do this slap bet at IOA when Velocicoaster opens. She hasn't texted yeah. me back yet, but I think that's what we're going to end up doing. Yeah, we're, this is going to be fun. I, I hope a lot of people show up for this because I definitely mm-hmm. will be a part. If so uh, that brings me to ask you this cr- cr- question, Chris. One, uh, I'm going to need to stay with you at some point next year. And two, I'm going to need you to be able to tend to my wounds because I'm pretty sure Sarah is going to win, and I'm pretty sure that girl can slap a lot harder than I initially thought. Uh, I mean, question number one, yeah, you know, you can stay here. Question number two, I don't know what I can do to help you. <laughs> Just be there. All right. Hey, Just I'll be there it. if it happens at IOA. But... Someone, it's got to be filmed because we need evidence, but... Yes, I, I will. That being said, if you want to see me slap Sarah, you should go follow me on Twitter at Thrilling Moment. If you want to see Sarah slap me, go follow her at Midway Mayhem Fan. But also follow me. Yes. So. All right. Let's talk about horrible ideas for a second. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk. So here's some horrible ideas Vacoma SLCs with new gen trains. Horrible idea. Vacoma Boomerang with new trains, although they really aren't that bad. Horrible idea. SNS Free Spins, horrible idea. But okay, rides. And you know what is a really horrible idea? BM stand-ups coming back. That. 2AT. Why BM? Why? If this is the surf coaster, I'm gonna be sad. If this is the surf coaster, I am going to start crying and crying and crying, and it will be uncontrollable. I want my 4D. I just, look at this. We're looking at the pats right now. I'm going to link them in show notes if you haven't already seen them. This just does not look comfortable. I have seen them. I mean, it looks like they decided to take the -the over-the-shoulder restraints and replace them with vests, and everything else looks the exact same, which... The over-the-shoulder restraints weren't even really the issue. It was what was down low. So yeah, these were not comfortable rides for uh, guys at all. And um, I'm going to be honest, this looks a little worse than the old ones for that. I don't see this being a big hit. 
Uh, they died out for a reason. The only people I could see buying them are really China. Because yeah. it's China. But that's it. Yeah. No, why B&M? Whose idea was this? Who was sitting at that conference room and said, you know what would be a good idea? Bringing back we the stand-ups. Stand <laughs> like please to meet that person, shake their hand, and then slap them. <laughs> please, please, please don't be surf coaster. That's all I want. Yeah, that's... Uh, Hmm. Okay. B&M, you're disappointing us. So next, this one I kind of threw in there because I just want to talk about it because I'm really getting excited for now. But also, I did do some construction on it that's kind of notable. So, yeah, Tron. Yeah, Tron. That yeah. that is. Entirely like okay, so they've started putting up the canopy dome thing that the ride the ride will run under. So we're getting closer to being to it getting like completed and hopefully seeing test cycles on it. Um but my big thing is so I've actually been like on a daft punk like music vibe this week. I've been listening to all their albums just on repeat. And of course, if you're familiar, they did the soundtrack for Tron Legacy. And so I've just been getting like super hyped for this coaster. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling once this opens, and then there's Guardians, and then there's Velocicoaster, and then there's Iron Gwazi, and there's the Surf Coaster. I'm going to be spending a lot of money on passes. Well, I was <laughs> talking to I was talking to some people earlier today, and I said, you know. I've been avoiding going to Disney World for a long time, but you know what coaster's finally going to get me to go there? Tron. Yeah, Tron's going to be good. Guardians will be good. I still think Everest is going to be the best set of all the coasters, but... I mean, I could see it. It adds a lot to Magic Kingdom, especially if the crowds could just, like, I don't know, stay at the level that they are right now (laughs) for for the rest of time. That would make me so happy, because I'd have, like, an actually decently intense thrilling coaster to yeah. uh to just marathon if the if the weights were low enough and i've had a, i've got a couple friends we've actually had him on the show david who's ridden the shanghai version of tron and he says it's phenomenal and every, i mean like every time shanghai disney comes up tron is one of the first rides he mentions so, so the hype is unreal for this thing for me and i really don't think it's going to disappoint because i'm also a huge fan of the original tron movie as well as tron legacy so i mean like i'm just hype for this ride yeah all right so bush gardens williamsburg our last little news thing we have halloween harvest i am pulling up their website because i'm still not um i am as well familiar with what all they're doing uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Halloween Harvest. There it is. Continue to fight. Okay, let's see. Where where is this? It where does it say? I can't find it. Um more details. There it is. So basically, it's really similar to the event they just, they're finishing up now, which is like their 
well, they did coasters and brews, and then they had this kind of a time where they were open. Uh, but they're going to shut down some of the coasters that were um, open already, and they're going to be closing, or yeah, sorry, they're closing some of the coasters that have been open and opening some different ones. Um, yes, I really like what they're doing with these different events, just opening little different areas of the park uh, for each different event. Which, you know, if you're a Williamsburg pass holder, then I'm sure that's great. Yeah, I think, um, let's see. Where is it? I'm on uh, BGW fans. I'm trying to find there. So they posted a tweet about the ride. I know Apollo's Chariot is going to be open as well as um, Tempesto, I think. Um, <clears throat> what else? Uh some of, but some of the other rides, I think Alpengeist, Verbolton, and a couple of the other coasters that have been open will also be closed. This will probably be the area where you get your best view of Pantheon so far, too. Yeah, that's definitely something to point out. But then the other thing to mention is that they're already uh, teasing that they're going to do a Christmas event from November 14th till like January 4th or something. Mm -hmm. So be prepared for that as well. Yep. All right. Well, um, yeah, I really think they're for their local fan base. This is great. It's hard for me as someone who's never visited before to fork over the fifty dollars because I want all the credits, not just like four or five of them. So. Oh yeah, if you're from not from around the area, then I wouldn't spend the money. But I, uh, it's great for their locals, I'm sure. So I believe that that does it for our news. So now yeah. we will head into Ride of the Week. All right. We're getting close to the end. We have two more left. Uh, Twisted Cyclone at Six Flags Over Georgia and Twisted Colossus at Six Flags Magic Mountain. Both fantastic RMCs, and we're going to talk about one of them tonight. So you got the wheel ready? I am almost. There we Okay. And I am spinning the wheel. Spinning and the spinning. Oh, so I've ridden both of these, and Chris has ridden one of them, so we'll find out. All right, it's your turn because it's Twisted Colossus. Ah, my third favorite RMC. So, Twisted Colossus, um, formerly Colossus at Six Flags Magic Mountain, one of the cool, just coolest and most fun rides I have ever been on. Like, it's not. Like, it's not as aggressive as Steel Vengeance might be on a good day or in Lightning Rod or Outlaw Run. Not be said, it's still an intense ride, but it's not as crazy intense as some of the other ones. But it's just so much fun when you're dueling the other train that you forget about how intense it is. Mm -hmm. So that being said, the dueling aspect, we were there for Ace Coaster Con. So we were there with a bunch of coaster enthusiasts who wanted it to duel. And I kid you not, were threatening other acers like with their life if they didn't get in the train quick enough. Um, and so during our ERT sessions on it, I got to ride it dueling a ton. So that's why I think my opinions of the ride are much higher than a lot of people's is because I've gotten to ride it dueling probably 20 times. Mm -hmm. Um and so, like some of the best duels you'll get of this thing, like we're just nuts. Like you'd go through the Top Gun stall on the airtime hill, the train. I mean, it just feels like you could reach out and high five the people. Yeah. 
and it's just had such a great mix of elements and it really did feel like a good complete coaster and like just really fun also super photogenic um really it just was it was a ton of fun it's really the best way to describe it is it is a fun ride very rewritable super smooth mm-hmm. i mean i have no complaints about it yeah it, it looks really cool probably would probably would definitely be top five or seven rmc once i ride it i would expect it to be uh but yeah like a dueling rmc sounds amazing you know part of me wishes that guazi could have been that but hey i'm really happy with how it turned out so far Hopefully even though you haven't read really it yet well. listen i'm cool with a hyper hybrid i know i'll be cool with a hyper hybrid i ain't gonna complain but the interaction when it's actually dueling looks like it's really fun the top gun stall looks fun looks like it has good air time you know and i could understand people who complain about the pacing because of the second lift hill but like it's a dueling rmc come on yeah that that was never a complaint i got because it's like that's for the dueling aspect so i don't really count that into the pacing and plus it's like any good racing coaster if it's dueling you get to interact with the other train as it's going up the lift next to you so really <laughs> i don't i don't get the whole pacing argument i will say this and we don't got we don't have to get huge into the debate but six flags magic mountain could totally make that ride duel every time by making the like brake section before the second lift hill a mid course of some sorts that is capable of stopping the train yeah. There's no reason they can't do that. It's just that they're six flags and they don't want to spend the money to do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they they totally could make the ride duel every single time if they wanted. Oh yeah, for sure. With but that said though, it was still fantastic. It was a good ride when it wasn't dueling, but if it was dueling, it was mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. So. Alright, so that will do it for Ride of the Week. Now, Jack, you have a little something-something. Yeah, a little something something um real quick before we get into our back half of the show which is probably going to be a decent sized chunk today because we got a ton of fun stuff to talk about um i'm going to be at six flags over georgia on halloween this year looking forward to that and i haven't been since twisted cyclone media day way back in 2018 before i knew my co-host that's that's how long it's been since i've been there um I am definitely looking forward to being back. Also, um, we'll also plug it again. Hershey and Knobles coming up real soon. We're going to probably announce dates here in the next week or two. So, Yep. I wish I could join you, but I can't. I mean, there's nothing stopping you. I mean, I have Hershey and Knobles coming up. You know, I'm, I'm saving money. Uh, we we want to go to Europe next year. Like true this is true yeah that's fine i have been there enough times yep so moving into the second half of our show though we've got a fun guest we've got our friend joe joe how are you doing tonight uh all things considering not too bad Uh, that's good to hear and so joe you do something i think that a lot of coaster enthusiasts would be jealous of tell us a bit about what you do uh well for on and off, uh, six years, I've been a ride operator at Cedar Point. That, that just makes me happy because, one, we have an enthusiast running a coaster, and two, it's Cedar Point, and those coasters have to be 
somewhat fun to work on, right? Oh, yes. So, um, yeah, so go ahead. Uh, I was just going to tell you uh, all the coasters that I've worked on. I'm just going to skip all the small flat rides because those are not very interesting. Like, nobody cares that I worked on Cadillac cars. Oh, that's, uh, see, that's a fun ride to work on, so... You say that. But I was going to say, I say that, and then it, then it goes through my head. It's like, but probably that was a very hard ride to work. Uh, that was not the worst ride to work on, but we'll get to that. Uh, okay. Coaster-wise, I have done Gatekeeper, Raptor, Blue Streak, Val Raven, uh, Cedar Creek Mine Ride, Steel Vengeance, and technically Corkscrew, but I don't really count that one. Okay. So you've got a good mix of the coasters. The one thing I see not on there is any of the Intamins. Um, I've tried to work on Intamins. I did technically work on one, but it's another one that's not really interesting. I worked on uh, uh, Wilderness Run, well, which when I worked on it, it was uh, Junior Gemini, and that was that was not really that much hard work. I almost worked on Top Thrill Dragster. But uh, at the last moment, they changed me over to Steel Vengeance. Yeah, so so we'll keep we'll keep to those rides then, because of course you if you haven't worked on some of the other ones, you won't know as much about them. But you are the person that has posted a couple of pictures on Reddit and uh, Instagram and stuff that have made some heads turn. Yes, <laughs> probably my most popular one is the selfie that I took on the top of Steel Vengeance. And I am red and winded for a reason. There is a lot of stairs, and they're all steep. That doesn't surprise me. I've had I've seen a couple of uh, RMC maintenance people have to sprint up lightning rods lift hill before or launch hill. Oh god! And he stopped about halfway up and just sat down. That sounds about right. So yeah, you've got the climb still vengeance. I gotta ask, what is that like? What's it like climbing one of the tallest? I mean, really, it's one of the tallest rides in the world when you look at the grand scheme of things. Right. Uh, at Cedar Point, there are only three coasters, if I'm counting correctly, that ride operators can climb, which uh, that are over 200 feet tall. Uh, that would be Magnum, Steel Vengeance, and uh, Val Raven. Mm -hmm. Val Raven, you don't climb all the way up. You can only climb halfway up, and that one you have to be harnessed in. So you have to have like a special harness, be connected to the track, a whole bunch of safety stuff. Yep. Magnum Mag and Steel Vengeance, you climb with no safety equipment. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I believe the reason that... <laughs> sorry, that's my wife. Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> she says sorry. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the reason that uh, Steel or not Steel Vengeance, sorry, uh, Val Raven is different is Val Raven is much steeper, so it's basically climbing a ladder uh, with the amount of effort it takes. So really, if there's a train stuck at the top of the lift, that's a maintenance thing. Okay. Yeah. But uh, in my mind, at least without doing Magnum, Steel Vengeance is the most difficult lift that you can climb at Cedar Point. Uh, makes sense because that's a pretty steep lift hill. Oh yes. Um, the reason that you have to climb that lift hill as a ride operator is to get evacuation trained. 
So that way, in case of a breakdown, either a short breakdown where you just go up to the train, talk to people, make sure everyone's okay, keep them calm, uh, don't touch them. Uh, that's the uh, big one. Uh, or if they need to do an evacuation, how that procedure would go, how you would get people down safely and calmly. Okay, so that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, I know I have a couple of friends that have worked at Dollywood, and they've all had to get evac training on their respective rides. I know the most interesting one to get evac training on is Mystery Mine, because you have to learn how to get people off a vertical lift. I always wondered how they would do that, because I've seen, uh, like, Fahrenheit, uh, Mystery Mine, although I haven't been on it, uh, and uh, what was it? Iron Shark, and I always wondered how they got people off of them. So I'm not for sure on Fahrenheit or Iron Shark. I know Mystery Mine, we actually have a cage-like elevator that is situated right next to the track. And so in the event they have to do an evac, they, ride, they bring this elevator up to the height of the train, and then they have like a full wraparound cage that they put on the train so no one can fall out backwards. Oh, good. And then it was described to me as you, there's a little bar on right in front of you for a reason. That's the pull up bar. And you have to pull yourself up and then crawl across the seats into the basket. No. Oh. Well, um, I hope I, I never have to evac. <laughs> I know. I've, I've always said that would be terrifying to get an evac on that ride, but. Mm -hmm. Anyway, back to Cedar Point after my mystery mind tangent, but. Right. So yes, evac training on Steel Vengeance. That sounds fun. Oh, yes. And you figure that climbing up a lift of such a tall coaster would be, like, terrifying. And I actually speak from experience because I'm deathly afraid of heights. But if you look down on Steel Vengeance, it's all wood. So you don't really see the ground. If you look over the edge, you can see the ground. But mm -hmm. even then, it kind of, like... You're out of this giant wooden structure. You can feel it swaying a little bit with the wind. But overall, if, as long as you keep in your mind that this structure is built for several ton trains, it kind of helps you a bit out when you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm like 200 odd pounds. This is nothing to this ride. Yeah. And I'm sure the view up there is worth it. Oh, it's so gorgeous. We were very lucky that it was such a nice day when we did our evac training. Yeah. It it looks awesome. That's always one of the things that there's a couple of lift hills I would love to climb one day. And I think Steel Vengeance is up there just to, like you said, kind of peer over the edge and look down on some of that twisted mist that is Steel Vengeance. Oh, yes. I have really great pictures that I uh, took up there. Awesome. Probably the only way you can really get photos of uh, that view now with uh, their loose article policy, which is there, which is definitely there for a reason. The, I don't doubt it, because I remember back in 2018 taking pictures of that ride, being able to just walk around the structure quite literally and just pick up phones off the ground. Oh, yes. Uh, there's at the very entrance where the metal detectors are, there's a box. And you've probably seen that with, um, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, Diamondback. Diamondback they also have that box. But Diamondbacks is just a bunch of loose phones that they found throughout the park. And that was over a year. The one at Steel Vengeance, that was from one day. And that, that box is definitely not empty. <laughs> no, it is quite full. Uh, honestly, with uh, working on Steel Vengeance, my least favorite uh, position was doing those metal detectors because I hated telling people that they couldn't bring their phones. But I'm at the sure. same oh, time, 
Yeah. At the same time, I know why, because it's very dangerous to have a phone flying out of your pocket going at most like 70, 80 miles an hour. That hitting mm-hmm. somebody's face is horrible to think about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be, it would be awful. It would be the worst PR and uh, like legal nightmare ever all rolled up into one. That did actually happen on a voyage, which is why yep. before you get on voyage, you have to empty your pockets. Yep. I wonder how much hot sauce hurts to get hit by at that speed. <laughs> oh, I don't want to think about that either. <laughs> <laughs> I had a uh, McDonald's new mighty sauce and I'm just imagining that in my eyes. Uh, ooh, oh, that don't sound good. So <sighs> where did, come on computer. My computer went to sleep. There's okay. There's my list. So, so there's we've talked about some of the rides and like the really cool things you've gotten to do, like climb lift hills. But one of the big things we were talking about um, off air uh, the days leading up to this and a little before we started is you've worked, you said for six years at Cedar Point. So you've gotten to operate a lot of rides, meet a lot of people. And so I think you've got a really good idea of what being a good ride op is. Oh, yes. As is evident by the random person that talked about you on Reddit. <laughs> I'm still very surprised. Like I had, I've been working on and off there for years. I have only, even though I've been working there like six seasons, I've only gone like opening day to closing day one season. Uh, all the other ones, I either had to leave early, like I did uh, my first year and this year, or I only worked Halloween. Okay, but I'm always still surprised that like. I'm just randomly browsing uh, sites like Reddit and just like they talk about, oh, what was your favorite ride op experience? And I'm curious. So I go through and I find, oh, there's this ride up at Blue Streak that I remember just being over enthusiastic. And I'm like, oh, God, it was me, wasn't it? <laughs> and it was. And that is, that's, I don't think that's a bad thing. If someone puts that on a best ride off experience list, that is definitely not a bad thing at all. To oh, yeah. So Especially. Sorry, go ahead. No, you can go ahead and then we'll move on. Uh, it's especially nice because that sort of a job is very like you get like with any customer service job, you always get those bad days where it just seems like there's only really bad people there. But those little comments of just saying I had this great time there, uh, especially like guest compliments. I loved getting those. It got to the point uh, my third year there that it was a joke that I would get one every week. So, yeah, so let's talk about what it takes to be a good ride-off. Because you've talked, you've hinted at it a lot in that just in that just little bit. But let's, I guess we'll start with, do you have a favorite coaster at Cedar Point to operate? And we'll just kind of use that as our basis. Uh, my favorite coaster to operate, uh, it's kind of a split tie between uh, uh, Blue Streak and Val Raven. Blue Streak is because... Uh, that's it's a very small crew. Uh, usually, it's only like four to five people at a time, but uh, it's a very nice ride because you can get very personal. The uh, interval time is not that high, uh, so you can take your time with making sure everything's operating correctly. It's also not a very popular ride, so you have really good guest interactions. Okay. Whereas Val Raven, like in per- terms of like actual pure operation, that's my favorite to just work on. Because BNM is very, very good at making rides that are good for ride operators. So, like when you think of uh, an RMC, an Arrow, or uh, a PTC, all of those trains are low to the ground, so that way people are sitting. 
rod operators have to bend down and like uh, check all the restraints and it kind of hurts your back after a while. With okay. B&Ms, the seats are higher up, so you don't have to do any bending. You can just uh, walk along and just check the restraints and harnesses without any issues. And I love that. That's something I never thought about, but you say it, and it's like, that makes so much sense. Oh, yes. I've only worked uh, two B&Ms, and both of them were so good to operate. Well, it also doesn't help that, or it also helps that B&M is like almost perfect in their operations. Oh, coasters are all that they do, so you'd hope that they would be pretty like streamlined with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have their bad ones, but still. Yeah, we, we definitely talked about one of their bad ideas earlier in the show. Um, I, I have an idea of what it is. Does it involve a stand-up with a 2.0 behind it? Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, that, it might involve that. Um, so, yeah, so let's talk. So we'll use, we'll use Blue Streak and Valraven. Um, so what are all the positions on coasters? I'm assuming Valraven has a few more positions than Blue Streak. Yes. Um, Blue Streak has four positions uh, uh, minimum. But you can add one more position, but they haven't had that position in a while. Uh, so Blue Streak, you have Merge, which is that position where you're standing out right next to the station, and you're merging the regular line with the fast lane. Then you have Load Side Platform, which obviously you're on the load side, and then you're checking one half of the train. Unload, you're doing the other half of the train. You're also on the microphone giving the safety instructions, which uh, at Cedar Point, they call them spiels. And then you have the uh, operator, also known as controls. I'm going to take okay. a drink of water real quick. Good. I'm going to take the moment as well. Um, my favorite of all those positions was probably spiels, because being on the microphone is something I'm very good at. And Do I'm, one. I'm sorry? Do a spiel. <laughs> um, Do it. <laughs> yeah. Hold on a second. I have to warn my wife. <laughs> they wanted me to do a spiel. <laughs> She's. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to paraphrase her exact reaction. She rolled her eyes and her head, and said, "Jesus Christ." <laughs> now she's laughing. <clears throat> hmm? She's shaking her head. Uh, all right. So before I do the spiel, I have to explain where I'm starting, just so you can get an idea. Okay. Okay. Normally, when. Uh, I'm taking like a quick drink of water. It's when the train is dispatching out of the station. So everything's already been checked and done. And I'm about to give the uh, pre-ride instructions and welcoming back the train that just left. So that's where we are. Um, and it's been a while since I've done Blue Streak, so bear with me. Okay. <clears throat> Attention riders on the platform, this is the perfect opportunity to secure all loose articles. This includes hats, sunglasses, keys, cell phones, and wallets. If it cannot fit into a pocket, it cannot ride with you. Please remember that Cedar Point and the Blue Street crew are not responsible for anything lost, stolen, or damaged while riding. Welcome back, train number one. Did you guys have fun? Sounds absolutely fantastic. At this time, unfasten your seatbelt. When the train comes to a complete and final stop, please push down, pull up on your lap bar. Once again, please push down and pull up. Then exit to the right and enjoy the rest of your day here at Cedar Point, America's rockin' roller coaster. Right on. And oncoming riders, welcome to the Blue Streak. Once again, place all those loose articles into the open bin, labeled one and one only. Remember that Cedar Point and the Blue Street crew are not responsible for anything lost, stolen, or damaged while riding. If it is not your turn to ride, please take a step back. Those gates are closing. 
once seated. Please fasten your seatbelt and pull down your lap bar. If you're having some trouble, a ride operator such as Jenny will be around to assist you shortly. Tonight, Doubling Streak is going to be taking you up 78 feet, dropping you down 76 feet, reaching speeds of 40 miles an hour. We'll take you upside down, not once, not twice, just not at all. Please remember to sit upright facing forward with your back and shoulders against the seat back and hold on until the ride comes to a complete and final stop. Please remember to keep arms and legs. Those are your favorite body parts inside the ride at all times. And as always, cell phone use and photography is strictly prohibited on all rides here at Cedar Point. Are you guys ready to ride? Yeah. And we give you a one thumb, a two thumb, and an all clear, and you're out of here. Sit upright. Hold on tight. Enjoy your night flight on the Blue Street. We'll see you back here in about two minutes. That was amazing. <laughs> yes, I am, dear. Yes, I am. Thank you for that. <laughs> that was <laughs> perfect. And I've only done that, like, Thousands of times. Oh, <laughs> oh that, that was, was great. That was great. I that that will be a sound bite I go back and pull in about ten years just to like laugh and enjoy because that was so awesome. So thank you for doing that. You're welcome. Uh, uh, that's that was, probably the one I remember the most, just because Blue Streak is uh, the ride I've done the most. Okay, that was the ride I did the full season. Yeah, I've got a couple of that ride. Who, some of the coasters are so easy to figure out uh, spiels for, but some of them, like, it's, like, Blue Streak, like, I'm sure there's, I'm, I'm assuming everyone has, like, their each, their own individual one they've kind of worked on and perfected. Uh, um, yes and no. Some people don't really like to do spiels. Uh, the main thing, and that's actually something I was uh, wanting to discuss on, like, how to do a good spiel is figuring out, like, what's the most important things that you need to discuss. So let's and, talk about that, since you just did your spiel. So when you're writing out one of these or thinking one out, what do you all do you have to consider? Uh, a lot of the times, well, first off, uh, Cedar Point themselves, they have a spiel card that's this piece of paper that explains, like, all the different spiels that uh, needs to be said, mainly the, like, what is what needs to be said. Like, I just said that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, important safety information uh downtime weather for uh weather uh downtime maintenance and downtime guest illness uh those i don't remember because luckily for me they were rare yeah I have uh, a feeling those weren't fun <laughs> <laughs> i always hated telling people that they couldn't ride but there was a reason uh but once you get the basics memorized like remembering what isn't allowed on the ride in the case of blue streak it's anything that uh couldn't uh, couldn't be fit into a pocket or anything that was loose. Everything that was loose had to go into the men. Uh, usually, the person at merge would make sure that like no stuffed animals, like super big stuffed animals, got through the line. So you wouldn't have to worry about that too much. Uh, backpacks were often wanted to be placed uh, with the riders, but a lot of times uh, the people don't expect Blue Streak to be that intense. But it's it's an old airtime woody coaster, so your stuff will be lost. Yeah, that was the only, there are two coasters I have taken my personal stuff on. I've, my camera has ridden the beast because there is no airtime on that coaster. Um, it makes me it sad, but ridden, it's right. Um, and it's also ridden uh, Dudley Do-Right's Ripsaw Falls because my dad was like, it will be fine. 
What was it? It was. Okay. The I've bag not, wasn't. I have not been to uh, Universal, so I don't know what to expect for that. I, that's the log flume, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so, so, so once you've gotten the basics down, and then I assume you kind of get to make it your own when you do the spiel. Right. Like I said, most write-ups, especially nowadays, they just want to stick to the basic spiel, make sure that like all the safety information's out, because that's the main point. Some write-ups like that are you can tell that they're very, very tired and they like have been doing this all day. They get that uh tiredness and they kind of let them become their whole thing for uh being a write-up. And you can always tell just please keep your hands inside the ride at all times. Enjoy your ride here on Blue Street. <laughs> That that's the non-energetic. I've been doing this since like eight a.m. Right. Uh, my goal was always to make it sound like I just started uh, the day. Without, I didn't want people to think like, "Oh, he's been doing this for twelve hours or sixteen hours." As very rarely the case was. But uh, I'm sure it has happened. No oh one... yeah, very very rarely, but I it still sometimes. Yep. So yeah, um, so ride spiels are all about just. It sounds like it's all about trying to make sure the guest knows the safety, but then also trying to get them energized for what's about to happen. Oh yeah, like the most important thing about being a ride operator is safety. It's a safety position. Like yeah, the most like noticeable part is like maybe the people inspecting your restraint or the person on the microphone, but they're all there to be a safety position. Like that's if you're not doing the safety part of the job, it's not really. And what is what's the point of you being there? Yeah, I agree, I agree with that because I think that's one thing coaster enthusiasts often take for granted is that ride ops are not there for their per, for their personal benefit; they're there for safety. Right. Uh, um, it's also another thing to consider for like spiels is just like so blue streak. I could fit all that information in because the interval time, that's the time it takes for the train to complete a circuit and or uh, when you can send the next train. Uh, that interval time was like a minute and a half, so I could get all that information in, as well as a couple of fun facts and a couple of jokes. With something like uh, Valraven, the most you can get in, unless you were talking really, really fast, like I can get, but even then it gets kind of garbled, is uh, just the safety information and uh, making sure that uh, everybody knew to hold on and keep their head back and all that fun stuff. Yeah. The stuff coaster enthusiasts ignore. Oh, of course. So, so that's, so ride spiels. And then we'll talk, let's talk about, um, I guess, checking restraints. And um, yeah, we'll do checking restraints and then we'll talk about stapling because I want to hear your thoughts on that. Oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> So, yeah, so when you're checking restraints, of course, the goal of checking restraints or the reason we write out check restraints is to ensure that it is locked and that the person is not going to fall out. Always a good thing. And Mostly because so you don't want to have that bad day. Yeah, I'm sure that would not be a fun day to work. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so that's the goal of checking restraints. So let's, I mentioned this, so let's talk about coaster enthusiast favorite thing to have which is room and it feels like ride ops can sometimes staple people what are your thoughts on that that actually boils down to the way that ride ops are trained which uh 
the new standard that's going to be implemented or is implemented throughout most parks. I know it is in Cedar Point or the Cedar Fair parks as well as uh, uh, the Six Flags parks because Six Flags was the one that made it. And I asked at Holiday World because I'm that much of a nerd and Holiday World also has it, is a system called IROC, the International Ride Operations Certification. And one of those steps for uh, doing your safety checks is to uh, check the restraint using the push-pull method. So you have the restraint, you push down to make sure that's as far as it will go, but the goal is to not make it so like you're pushing down with all the force in the world. You're not supposed to force the restraint on them. It's supposed to be a nice, snug fit. And then after you're done with that, you pull up on the restraint, usually with a nice good jerk to make sure that the restraint will not come up any further than it's allowed. It's mostly to check to see if maybe, um, let's say with uh, blue streaks, the uh, racketing, racketing? Ratcheting system? That one, yes. Ratcheting pin? Uh, If it's still working, because sometimes you'll pull up on a restraint and it will like have a very large noticeable wiggle which could mean that those uh, pins are loose or maybe the gears uh, worn down. So you might have uh, guests wait for the next train, mark that one off, have maintenance look at it. Okay, so, that makes sense. Oh yeah. I do, as a, as a, uh, <laughs> as a larger guest, I do understand uh, when coaster enthusiasts are coming from with not wanting to be stapled. I also like to have lots of room in order to have more comfortable rides, but Sometimes it just can't be helped. Like when uh, I was at uh, Kentucky Kingdom last, actually with you. Yeah, I think I actually rode with your dad on uh, uh, Storm Chaser, and Somebody I had those the, pictures. <laughs> yes, I had the worst ride on Storm Chaser that I've ever had. I actually told uh, Marcus later <laughs> that I had a better ride on T three than I did on Storm Chaser. It hurts too because the T3 just hurts. <laughs> oh, yeah. But like Storm Chaser, I had to uh, strap myself in with the seatbelt and it was like barely getting in, as well as having the lap bar very far down in order to make it so that it would actually clear. Mm-hmm. So I do get where they have to do, especially with ride ops. They want to make sure that everyone's in safety and are safely, sorry, and the restraint system is working correctly. So I, I get it. I'm sorry, but sometimes it has to be done. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Chris. I think uh, there, there's a notable, notable, noticeable difference, though, between somebody who's like, you know, doing it correctly and somebody who's just full on pushing down as hard as they can. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, uh, unfortunately, uh, ride ups will have a bad day and we'll take it out on the guest. I do not. I do not condone that action. Uh, you you rode with James. I just put the picture in general, and you oh, can see the that, look on your face. No, that was on Lightning Run. That was actually really good. Oh, I, you said Lightning Run. I saw. I saw Storm. I got. They have the same style of restraints. I get the they confused. do, and it's weird because like, um, uh, my friend Hutch. Yeah, Hutch. Uh, he was because uh, uh, Lightning Run is my favorite steel coaster of all time. Like, even more so than, like, Millennium Force or Fury. That is my favorite steel coaster. And Hutch found it funny because I don't really like RMC restraints. And uh, Lightning Run has RMC restraints, and I don't have a problem with it. That's weird. It it is very weird. Hmm. 
I mean, there's no denying the lightning run is a phenomenal coaster and more. Oh, yeah, it's built. up there. Oh, it is very, very good. Like, I uh, think the reason I love it so much is like it packs so much airtime and it's about 100 feet tall. Oh, yeah. Chris and I will both take st- or lightning run over Storm Chaser any day of the week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That drop in the back row is one of the best drops there is in my opinion. Oh, so good. <laughs> oh, here we go. This is about ride operations, boy, not st- lightning run. <laughs> so, okay. I keep, I'm just going to keep pushing questions because I have so many. Because this is, well, um, so we talked about checking restraints. We talked about spheels. Uh, let's see. Chris, what else? What do you want to talk about? I've been doing a lot of talking. Um, okay, so I don't know if you can speak on this at all, but what is the listen to the child rule? Oh, yes, this one. Oh, actually, that is, I can talk about that. It's a very easy rule. So, the, this is uh, something that I learned early on for ride ops. Uh, trying children are inevitable and any ride like i got them on uh steel vengeance obviously i got them on gatekeeper val raven i've gotten crying adults on val raven uh crying uh, uh crying children on blue streak and even crying children on mine ride when we see a crying child we do not ignore them we ask them if they want to ride and if the parent says that they're okay we ignore the parent because the child is the one that we're asking. Because mm. oftentimes, children are very slippery, as uh, most parents will attest to, and uh, me and my wife will probably find out soon. Uh, it doesn't matter how complicated or good a restraint is, you can get out of a restraint if you yeah. try hard enough. And there is a picture that I saw. Luckily, I saw this when I was like 12 years old. It's a picture of a young child who is he is tall enough to ride, but he's on like uh, an arrow style, those over the shoulder uh, harnesses, the horseshoe mm-hmm. harnesses. He has his whole arm through the metal and he is standing up in the seat. And he is bawling his eyes out. If a child can do that, in the station while they're crying, imagine what they can do when they're going over the lift hill because they cannot understand danger the same way an adult can. Mm-hmm. So they think that they can escape before they go over the lift because they don't understand how physics work. And that could end up with somebody getting killed. So I don't care how much the parent threatens me to send the train with a crying child. I need the child to tell me that they're okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that if makes they're sense. not, I am letting them out. Yep, that that makes complete sense. I agree with that. Not else, and I remember that I have been that crying child. That's how I got over my fear was riding Wild Eagle. But I remember the ride operator was like, "Are you okay? Do you want to ride?" And I said, "Yes, thank the Lord. Otherwise, I would not be talking to you right now." Right, and I have had children say like, "Oh yeah, like." I'm just really, really scared. And then I say, it's okay. We've just checked your restraint. I even double checked it for them. And we are well trained. You will be okay. And you will come back and you will either love this ride or you won't like this ride, but you will have done it. And my wife actually just showed me a note on her, uh, on her phone saying that uh, as an operator on the Cedar Creek mine ride, she was able to get out of a lot of restraint <laughs> and she's an adult. Huh. Well, I mean, I definitely have. You can get your hands through some of the restraints on tornadoes. Like I would, I think I could figure out how to get out of it if I, 
if I wanted, but it's like, why would you? All right. Um, so that makes a ton of sense. And I, I got to ask, so what's it like when you let the kid out? Does the parent get out with them? Or have you ever had it where the kid just got out and the parent was like, fine, I'm going to ride without you? I've had both. Um, sometimes parents will be like, oh, I waited in this line for such and such amount of time. Uh, usually it's hyperbole because they did not wait that long. Uh, or the parents will be like, it's okay. I'll let him get off. Just wait by the exit. I'm will be right. I'll be right back. Uh, or they'll tell us to <laughs> they'll tell the kid to wait by the ride operator, and then we'll have to tell them to wait outside the exit because you know safety zones. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm assuming you've gotten. Um, I hate to say it, you probably have gotten cursed out or something along oh, the lines. Oh, we <laughs> ride operators get cursed out probably on a daily basis. Um, the most that I've gotten cursed out on was probably Valraven and uh, Steel Vengeance. Valraven does on, not surprise me. Yeah, Valraven on platform, Steel Vengeance at entrance. You can't have your phone. You can't have anything. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm assuming that's the, but that was the stirring point. Oh no, it was like because, like, it was uh, at least like the latest iteration, which was this year that I got to operate only for two days to the public. But we'll get to that in a bit. Um, you can't have anything in your pocket. And if you have uh, glasses without a strap, they can't ride with you at all. So you have to be. That coaster is intense as all could be. So I get that. Also, my wife, uh, once again, has uh, pointed out that uh, she worked in a children's area as well. And she got cussed out on the daily. And I believe one time in Portuguese. (laughs) You got cussed out in a foreign language. I know. I remember that. You just don't remember which. (laughs) She does not remember which. That had to be interesting, though. It's like, I have no idea what you're saying, but your Google Stop Translate will inform me. <laughs> it is the children's carousel. Please stop being mean. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. Uh, I think, though, at least in my experience, the reason why uh, us ride operators, at least at Cedar Point, got cussed out so much is it's a very busy and popular park. So it's not even just a matter of like all the guests at Cedar Point are terrible. It's just there's so many people, there's bound to be a few. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like any once you put so many people, the statistics are in your favor for having people that will go off at the drop of a hat or oh, in yes. this case the like anything not going their way in line. That's actually uh uh, going off of that, that's one of the things I usually tell myself when there's a guest that's really, really angry at me. It's either a case of they're not angry at me, they're angry at the rules and they don't want to follow them because, you know, we paid such and such amount of money, you know, same as everyone else, but we're special. Or there's something else that's going on in their life and they're just taking it out on us. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling that's the mindset you have to be in when you're working too, if you want to enjoy it because i'm sure i have a feeling it's a very fun job most of the time the thing that i usually like to say is the best worst job i've ever had i could see that because there are days where it is amazing you get great people uh i love like season pass holders that come frequently and they actually like come to say hi to me see how things are i love (laughs) at cedar point i don't know if it's a thing at uh uh, Florida Parks or Dollywood of uh, um, single riders that just like to ride one ride over and over again. 
but that's a yes. thing to your point. Uh, that's definitely a thing at Dollywood. I'd like to introduce you to myself. I'm the only member of that club. <laughs> uh, I'd like to introduce you to Peggy. Oh my God. <laughs> you, you know, I, I'm assuming you know, know who Peggy is. We know who Peggy is. We know who Peggy is. Uh, she is a very sweet woman. I will, I will yes. tell you that much now. Um, <laughs> Peggy. She doesn't like the fourth time she's come up on this podcast. <laughs> it's not surprising. She is, she's quite well known. Yeah, uh, Peggy on the podcast. That would be amazing. <laughs> You're doing that one on your own, Chief. <laughs> Halfway through, I'm scared. <laughs> you should be. Uh, no, I'm trying to think. I know a couple of the Cedar Point regulars. Um, I think his name is Sean. I don't think I know that one. He's... He, it might be a different name. I could be totally blanking, but no, I definitely know who Peggy is. Mm. What's she going by these days? The Peg Keeper still? Uh, no, she's just like, uh, like Gatekeep Valray Vengeance Peggy. Oh she was God. Gatekeeper Peggy, and then she was Valraven Peggy, and now she's still Vengeance Peggy. Basically, whatever new ride is out. Peggy. Uh, oh, Peggy. <laughs> We're gonna, I'm, we're, you're gonna get to meet her one day, Chris, and you will understand. Yes. Oh, so well, whatever. I don't know what to expect, but we'll see. So okay, right. so so you get your regulars in there, and I'm assuming that's rewarding, is having yes. people you know. Um, so go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> uh, just the bad. Uh, there, there are always bad days where you just like seem to get like a lot of just groups of terrible people. Honestly, weirdly enough, church groups are some of the worst groups that I've dealt with. That doesn't surprise me. Jenny's laughing for a reason. My wife Jenny is laughing because <laughs> she knows. Um, I hate like group trip days at parks. I it's like if I if like I know Dollywood the weekends they're gonna do like their group discount tickets, and I mark those out on my calendar as like do not go this weekend. Oh, I I know never to go to. Uh, Cedar Point on a Saturday, because for yeah. roughly like 12 years, that's the only day that my family would go, was Cedar Point on a Saturday in August. Yeah, that would... So I'll tell my... My first Cedar Point experience was Labor Day weekend of 2016. Oh, no. Um, which was, of course, like a week before Mean Street closed, and my dad and I made our first trip up there to ride or he'd been, he went in 96. That was the last time my dad had been. I had never been before. And as crazy as like you say, Oh no. And it's like, yeah, the lines were insane that day, but that was actually the, one of the best days I've ever had at the park. Oh yeah. Because my dad and I did the gold VIP tour. Ooh. So while everyone else was in that three-hour queue for Raptor, Dad and I just kept walking on it as much as we wanted. I think we rode Dragster seven times that day. Honestly, if you're going to do Cedar Point, like, once, I'd highly recommend getting the Fast Lane Plus. I know on the Drunk Riders podcast, Tom, or sorry, Mike will uh, hate on those, uh, on those passes. But if you're only going to do it once, might as well spend the extra money to make sure you can get a lot in. Yeah, that was us. Awesome. Yeah. We had the one day to be there. And it's like, okay, we could do fast lane. 
or we could really splurge and do the VIP tour, which we ended up making the right choice because if I recall correctly, there were cute stanchions set up for the fast lane at most of the rides because the fast lanes were spilling out of the queues. That, yeah, that sounds like a thing. So, yeah, I remember that was one of the greatest days. I can still tell you the girl we had, her name was Tori. I loved her to death. She was so awesome. Oh, that's nice. Um, heck, I probably... If you were, when did you work Val Raven? Uh, I worked Val Raven in 2019. Okay, and I that's... and I only did that for the last like four weekends. Okay, that was where we started and ended our day because that's where in 2016 it was the new ride, so that was where the VIP meet place was. But I remember that was one of those crazy things that I remember all the ride ops were super friendly to us, as well as of course our tour guide was with us the whole day, and she was just phenomenal. Um, so, I, this all goes into my question. What do y'all do from an operation side of things when I roll up to, we'll use, um, uh, we'll use Steel Vengeance as an example. What do you say to the guests that just waited two hours when I walk in and sit down in the back row or the front row? Um, so, you did the VIP tour, right? So, yep. you, so I, you had waltz, a person with you. Yep, waltzed right onto any coaster I want. <laughs> That's easy. It's alternate access. <laughs> that's all you got to really say, because usually that's a case with alternate access. Somebody coming up the exit, uh, they have a reason to come up the exit. Most people in line won't get mad about alternate access. They get mad about fast lane. Really? Yes. Uh, because unfortunately, there's not really consistent system for rides to do fast lane. It's really just based on operator judgment. Hmm. On whoever's at merge, and usually I, with Blue Streak, it's easy because it's merged right before you get to the station, so people just spill into the station. You don't have to worry about that. Just make sure the station isn't overflowing, or overflowing. So I usually just do like a couple groups fast lane, couple groups regular line, and then I switch it. So it's a couple groups regular line, couple groups fast lane. So they're both going at about the same time. With Steel Vengeance, that was a little more tricky because. Uh, when I was operating it, it was right at the start of the pandemic. So we had to assign rows, no exceptions. <clears throat> so if there was already somebody in the front row and they wanted the front row, we can't give you the front row because we have to do social distancing, which made it nice because uh, people were generally understanding, generally. Uh, but with me, at least, I try to make it so that if I, I filled from a regular line first, and I did the seating in random order, just making sure groups stuck together. And then I would do fast lane, and then again, I would switch. But I always try to make sure that I never assigned fast lane the front row or the back row unless they asked. And <clears> usually, <throat> because of my switching method, it to me at least, it didn't seem like it was unfair because I was it was just really just luck of the draw because most people want either the front or the back. But if I always did fast lane and I always did front to back and fast lane always got front, people would get angry. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, I, I've been in line for Steel Vengeance late at night a couple times, and you can always tell when fast lane is empty. Yeah, it once, moves. <laughs> because once, it, once fast lane is empty, the regular line starts flying. That's, um, I, think, uh, I think it was last podcast episode uh you were talking about hot takes and i think you made a joke about how mean streak is better than steel vengeance and i believe that was a joke yeah that was definitely a joke okay mm -hmm. 
I don't take that as a joke. I actually believe it. Oh. Here, here's, here's my reasoning, and it all boils down to how the ride operates. I have a feeling uh, Mean Streak was much easier to operate. It was. I never operated it as a ride operator, but it was always consistently moving, so you never had to worry about that. Uh, top of its uh, life, it had the three trains. So what was that? Uh, seven cars of four people that... 32 times three would be like a hundred and six. Uh, it would, it'd be 96. Yeah, 96. Sorry, that's right. Uh, but yeah, that constantly moving, that would be pretty good throughput. Plus also, yeah, Mean Streak is not a very good ride. I'll still say it was it deserved to be RMC'd. It ran better as Mean Streak than it did as Steel Vengeance because Steel Vengeance is very notorious for having breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure you can't talk about it much, but I have a feeling it's a still as maintenance heavy as Mean Streak was. Uh, I'd honestly say it's even more so because of uh, like the new systems that were put in place that are still like being worked on. Yeah, like, Ugh. yeah, it's um. I remember when Steel Vengeance opened its whole incident. I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. Yeah, I uh, I was there with. Uh, Mark from Drunk Riders and our mutual friend Joey. Yeah, uh, we all rode together. I actually had ridden it before. I was the first in my friend group to ride it because since I lived so close and I was a pass holder, I reserved my spot for the uh, preview day. Yep. And I rode it, and I thought it was okay. And then everyone else rode it and said it was amazing. We're <laughs> riding it back in 2016, and I was like, "Oh, that was a really good ride." And then I rode it, uh, la- Earth 2016, 2018. Gosh. And then I wrote it last year, and I was like, oh, that was not as good as I remember it being. Yeah, they did change a couple of things. Uh, but I can tell you, you haven't been to Cedar Point at all this year, right? No. I will be I, in the very – I will be in, in Sandusky in, like, two weeks, but the park is closed, so. Oh, well, let me know. I live right by there. Hey, well, my dad and I are, uh, were driving over from Michigan over to Hershey. And we're going to split it into two days. And I was like, we're stopping in Sandusky so I can take pictures of the park at sunrise. That's a good thing. Uh, we'll work out those details off pod. Yes. Yep. So, yeah. So, okay. We've hit up a bunch of different topics. Um, so where do we, let's see. We've talked about this and that and that and this. So, okay. Let's get into, I think, the question Chris and I are really interested in as uh, two people that are about to enter, enter college and would eventually like to maybe work at a theme park. What are your thoughts on college-age kids working at Cedar Point for a summer? And would you recommend it? And would you recommend it? All right. As coaster enthusiasts, I would recommend it, but I have a couple of big caveats and asterisks to have to this. So We're here for them. Okay. My first year working at Cedar Point was in 2008. And as a newcomer, you do not get to pick what ride you go on. You only get to pick your ride. And usually it's a ranked choice list as a returner. So your first year, you are going to probably be placed on a not great ride, even if you're very enthusiastic about rides. So my first year as a ride operator, I was on turnpike cars. And that ride is terrible. But it was a really great experience because I got to work with a lot of different people from all over the world. 
Uh, All Over the World is still pending for future years. Uh, But I really like that experience. And it's a really good way to learn about team exercises on being able to work well together, being well to communicate well together, and being able to work under pressure. The other thing I would say, and this is going to be my biggest bias, is I met my wife at Cedar Point. So I also have a bias there. So maybe you'll meet somebody you'll really like there and you'll want to spend the rest of your life together. Yeah, that would be a nice bonus. Right. So the good things are uh, lots of fun experiences and unique experiences, like being able to climb left hills and such. Yeah. Uh, you also get to go into restricted areas as a ride operator, obviously when the ride's not running. But I have pictures of me like at the very bottom of the drop of Steel Vengeance that I cannot post anywhere. Sounds fantastic, though. Yes, I will show you, but I can't have you show them publicly anywhere. So yes, everybody I'm listening, sorry. I'm sorry. All right. You'll hear wow. me. I'll be like, oh, those were so cool next week. I'm going to be like, oh, but we can, you can't see them. All right. So <laughs> those are the great things. Here are the bad things. Uh, guests seem sometimes be awful. Mm-hmm. You will have to clean up every single body fluid that you can think of in varying amounts. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing that a lot of people uh, don't realize. Now, the frequency of that can vary. So like Turnpike Cars Calypso, I had one sickness cleanup the entire year. Okay. Uh, Blue Streak, I got them maybe most twice in a month. But I worked one day on Max Air and I cleaned it up every 45 minutes. Oh. So what I'm hearing is if they say, do you want to work Max Air, you say no. Actually, Max Air is pretty fun. Other than that. Yeah. And with that one, they're very quick about cleaning it up. Uh, You also wear gloves. Yeah, that doesn't Uh, surprise me, especially after this year. Oh, yeah. Um... Let's see. So sometimes bad guests, sometimes having to clean up vomit. Sometimes you'll be put on bad rides. Uh, children's areas are usually not bad, but it's the problems with children's areas are never the kids. It's yeah. Always the parents. That's so, what you would figure. Yeah. So any parents out there, we understand that your child wants to ride and we understand that you want to ride with your child, but this is an umbrella ride. And if I put you in the car, the seat, belt will not fit you and you will hit your head on the umbrella and as funny as that would be to me i can't let that happen (laughs) um but probably the biggest thing that i would encourage are you both roughly the same age yeah find a group of people and get an apartment together that's not on property okay the property yes yes i hear you the properties there are horrible. They've apparently gotten better, but my information is from like five, six years ago. So if they've gotten better, I would be very happy. But as of right now, I do not recommend them, namely because they have a problem with bed bugs. They have a oh. problem with putting too many people in a room. They, uh, they put like dorm sized rooms. They can have up to four people in them. That sounds awful. It is. Uh, it's also com- uh, communal bathrooms and showers, 
Luckily, they're uh, separated showers, so you don't have to see other people naked. Uh, and also, you're going to be working with people just out of high school and college-age kids, and what you people out of high school and college-age kids love to do. I can think of a lot of different things. All right, say, there's so many. <laughs> All right, I'll give you the one that that I would warn you about is party. So you'll be getting home after your shift. You're tired. It's like 11 p.m. at night. You got to be up for uh, doing your locks in the morning at like 8 in the morning. So you got to get to bed right away. There are going to be people running up and down the hall screaming and yelling because they're drunk. You're going to have yeah. to use in the middle. Uh, you're going to have to get up to use the bathroom in the middle of the night. You go to the bathroom and somebody's thrown up over three stalls. Chris, okay. we're getting an apartment. Yeah. Or the worst, the worst one that me and my wife had her last year, which is why the only reason I've gone back to work there in uh, years uh, since then is because I lived close by. Uh, security there, for some reason, liked to pull the fire alarm at three in the morning. Oh, wow. And they did that three times in a week. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm... Uh... Definitely okay, gonna... so Joe, when Chris and I get to the point where we decide to work at Cedar Point, we're going to call you to help us apartment hunt. <laughs> there are some decent apartments in the area, and again, a lot of people do that now, especially returners. So there's probably a Facebook group out there that you can find. Now, like I said, it could be much better, but that last experience pretty much made it so that me, uh, neither myself or my wife wanted to live there. Again, the only reason I uh, did is I lived like 45 minutes away now. So yeah. it was it was more reasonable to do it. All right. yeah, that makes sense. So okay, so we talked about pretty much everything. So let's we'll have you give overall arching like well, I don't know. It's not one sentence, but what's like the overall arching definition of a good ride off? Because that's been the whole point of this is talking about what makes a good ride off. All right, what makes a good ride off is the ability to. Be enthusiastic even when you feel like garbage. Being able to give that great uh, guest experience even if they are angry at you. Being able to do your job well, even though some days you don't feel like it and you feel like the world is against you. And you just want to get through your shift. But it's in the end, all worth it for seeing that one kid who just had their first experience in Steel Vengeance come off. And you see that glow of a future coaster enthusiast. Beautiful. That's that. That's like what we do it for, right there. Yes. All right. So okay. Sometimes so that glow your... is. Uh, sometimes that glow is often followed by vomit. Just warning you there as well. Oh uh, yeah, that would make <laughs> sense too. <laughs> kind of kind of a similar looking glow. So, yeah, yeah, uh, just a little more green, but. <laughs> Okay, so down to our well, we've got four like rapid fire questions. What is your favorite ride to operate at Cedar Point? Uh, full, just bare bones operations, Val Raven. Okay. Again, the way that the ride's built, great for operators. I never got to do controls for that ride, but they look really comfortable. All right, now how about least favorite? Uh, I want to say, actually, no, I was going to say Turnpike Cars because uh, 
Again, that's a low-to-the-ground ride, very uncomfortable to sit in. Nobody likes to uh, drive those cars. That's why they got rid of them. But actually, no, I have a ride that I hate more than that, and that is the kitty bumper cars. Because when I operated them, there was a restriction that not only do you have to meet like the height restriction, you had to be over the age of four. Oh, that sounds awful. So you have to figure oh. out a way to confirm that? You have to ask, and then they start crying. And then the parent starts yelling, because the other operator didn't check that. Oh, that's... Yeah, that doesn't sound good. It might be different now. They moved it since, so... Yeah, that sounds... And that... R- random things I've noticed over the years, like looking at... um expedition g-force on their website they have like a listed age you have to be to ride that coaster really yeah i think you have to be like 13 to ride expedition g-force i know that at uh mount olympus the, you had to be over 18 to ride in the back of uh certain coasters yeah that's why i'm kind of waiting to go to that park <laughs> honestly it's not very good it i think it's cool that's the only reason I, me and my wife went when it was a uh, dollar per ticket, and we both thought it still wasn't even worth that. Ouch. It also rained during the day, so that might also contribute. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, everyone that went this year seemed to think it was okay. I'm just kind of like, I'm going to wait. And really, like Chris said, the only reason I really want to go there is Hades 360. That is a good one. So. Mm-hmm. And then, right. okay, two more. These are the rapid fires. Do you have a favorite park you've been to? Uh, Silver Dollar City, easy. Ah, uh, yeah, there we go. You're, That's you're right everybody's place. answer, and it's the only correct one. So uh, the, yes. you're the right place. And then your favorite coaster. I think you've already kind of mentioned it, but uh, Lightning Rod is my favorite. St- or not Lightning Rod. Sorry, Lightning Run is my favorite steel coaster, and I think it's number three for me. Uh, my favorite coaster overall is uh, Outlaw Run, but it's also been seven years since I've ridden it, so I don't know if it still holds up. It but... was running great in uh, end of July when I rode it, and Chris rode it like two weeks before I did. So mm-hmm. that's good. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. my, surprisingly, uh, my favorite wooden coaster that's just like straight traditional wooden coaster is uh, Voyage. Especially after those uh, night rides with uh, oh. no uh, mid-course break in the rain. Oh, oh heaven. You, were you, you were on the dog train with us, right? Yes, I was. I still have the mask, and my wife hates it. Do it. Yeah, because you and I rode together. That's right. Yes, we did. <laughs> I've been cons- contemplating pulling that out and wearing it to school just to see what all my friends say. I've tried to wear the mask in public, but my wife will not let me. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know where it is. I think she probably got rid of it without me knowing, which I don't blame her. Yeah, I have she, an extra she's holding her hands and just like the defense of, what? No, not me. <laughs> That's great. No, and then, of course, we all wore Dan stickers the next day. And I did wear my Dan sticker to school and all of my friends wanted one. Yeah, I, I, I uh, took mine off as soon as we got back to our Airbnb. So, okay. Well, Joe, thank you for coming on and telling us all about working at Cedar Point and all the fun things you've gotten to do. That was awesome. Thank you very much for having me. It's nice to be uh, nice to be appreciated for sometimes terrible days. Well, I I think that one thing that there's a couple of things about enthusiasts that annoy me. One thing is whenever they complain about ride operators because it's a job and they're there to make 
money and you got to, they got to do their job. So let them do their job. That's always been my thing. Right. So, but with that said quickly, I've plugged them at the top of the show. I'm doing it again. Now, uh, follow us on Instagram at twisted underscore traveler or uh, at twisted underscore travelers and Twitter at twisted traveler. But the R at the end is a one. I am working on getting the uh, Twitter handle relentlessly now. I have been like emailing Twitter like once a week. Mm -hmm. Um, We will get it eventually. And then, of course, follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Thrilling Moment. Prepare for lightning rod updates galore because they are coming and they're coming in hot. Uh, And yeah, thank you all for listening and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Twisted Travelers Podcast.